Now, would you turn with me, please, to that portion of God's word that we read? The gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 8. And we wish to consider this parable before us. Uh, we leave these words as an introduction to the parable from chapter 8 and verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. A sower went out to sow his seed. And so on. The Lord Jesus Christ here, he reminds the disciples that this is a parable. He says, for, for some, they will know the mysteries of the kingdom. And others, they will not know. On this parable here, and it might be just appropriate this evening to ask ourselves the question, what is a parable? Well, a parable, the word parable, it means to, to throw alongside. It, it, it means to, to shed light on a truth that is revealed. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ here is doing. He takes the most common illustration of all, that those that had thronged around him would understand. And he uses that illustration to, to depict the, the gospel as it goes forth. Now, what we have here, we might say, as it has commonly been called, the, the parable of the sower. And yet, we notice that probably the Lord Jesus Christ here, he speaks more about the soils than he does the sower. And he speaks more about the soil and the soils, plural, than he does the seed. And he breaks down this, this parable. You'll notice here the first part is the parable itself in verses 4 to 8. And then there is the explanation of the parable in verses 9 to 15. And this explanation of the parable comes from a question that was asked by the disciples in verse 9. And the disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And so the Lord begins to bring before them the explanation of this parable. I want us to think of three things this evening as the Lord would enable us. The sower, the seed, and the soils, the sower, the seed, and the soils. First of all, the sower. The sower goes out to sow his seed. You see, this sower, in its first presentation to us, it, it's a picture of Christ himself. He is the one that, that goes out to, to sow his, his seed. 
See, he is the one that, that comes and he, he not only preaches this, this gospel, this, this glorious gospel to those who, who come and are here. But you see, he is the gospel itself. He is the gospel itself. We are told that it is in these last days that God has spoken by his son. He is the word. There in John's gospel, he is the word that was with God from the beginning. He is the word. And God speaks to him, speaks to us in these days and in the days of his sojourn here. He stands as the one who goes forth with the word in service and in power. You know, the gospel, the gospel has no power apart from Christ. We might, we might think that in, in these days that, that what we, we need is, is more preachers of the gospel. And that is absolutely right. We, we believe that the, the, the fields are white unto harvest. But friends, we do have preachers of the gospel. We do have preachers of the gospel who are preaching. And they're preaching without power. The word is going forth, but it seems to not have the power. And yet within that word going forth, there is the power. Christ comes and he proclaims that, that truth of the sower going, going forth with, the, with the, the seed itself. It's quite a thought, isn't it? That when the Lord Jesus Christ is, is preaching and he has this, this great following and they, they desire to, to make him a king, and in a very short period of time, they, they go away and Christ comes to his disciples and he says, will ye also go away? Will ye also go away? You see, when Christ comes with, with the power of, of the Spirit itself, and men, those men who were there who were part of that, that small apostolic band, they remain firm. Because you see, they had the Spirit of God was working in the midst. So the sower goes forth to sow. Primarily, it's a picture of Christ, but it's also a picture of the apostles. The apostles would preach. Uh, Philip would, would arise and, and go toward the south and he, he, he preaches that word, and uh, we, we read that, that many were, were converted when that word was preached. You see, Christ has, has now given his, his ambassadors that, that call to, to proclaim the word of God, and they, therefore, are part of that representation of the sower. But the sower goes to the field. That's what a sower does. Now let us stop for a moment and realize that 
We have many young people here this evening. And maybe you don't understand or you have never perhaps grasped what, what this sore uh, was like. Th this sore was, was somebody who, who had a bag by his side. And in that bag, he had the seed. And as he walked along, he sowed the seed from left to right, left to right. Now, it was skill because if some of the seed or too much of the seed fell in one place, it would grow up and it would choke. Or if the wrist hadn't properly distributed in another place, it, it would be bare and nothing would grow. So there was this skill here as the word of God went forth. And that is a picture of the, the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit accompanies that seed as it is sown and goes forth, it will give a perfect harvest. You see, it goes forth into the field. And it goes forth into the field of the world. We mentioned in prayer the, the importance of uh, a Christian home, uh, instruction and, and teaching. And I'm sure the young people here this evening will uh, realize that they are to come and to thank the Lord for, for that godly upbringing that they are being given. But I would remind you afresh that the privilege of a Christian home does not bring salvation to you. It does not bring salvation to you. Jacob was brought up in a godly home. And so was Esau. There is indeed this field that goes forth and part of the world of the field is the covenant home. But there is also the church itself. The outward visible church, it's made up of all. And so this, this gospel goes forth. And the Lord Jesus Christ, you will remember, there was, there was the field before he came. There was the field of Israel. And you will remember there in Israel that, that salvation, by and large, was confined to Israel, to, to the, the national borders of Israel. Oh, there were, there were some Gentiles brought in. Uh, there was Rahab was brought in. Ruth was brought in. But by and large, there was what uh, they tell us was a national preteration. There was a passing over of the other nations. But then... When Christ came and he gave that great commission, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. That then was a message that was brought in to the field of the world in all its generality. This is a privilege. This is a great and a glorious truth. As we are gathered here this evening, we are thankful to the Lord for his goodness and for his mercy to us, for his goodness and for his mercy uh, to our families, even in the sending forth of this gospel. 
But what is the gospel? We often talk about the gospel. But what is the gospel? The gospel is this. It is the good news. That him that cometh unto me. I will in no wise cast out. That is the gospel. And friends, who is the center of the gospel? The center of the gospel is the sower himself. It is Christ. And all of our eyes should be taken of ourselves. All of our eyes should be taken of the extremities. And it should look unto that Lamb of God. And the one of his own providing. And when this sword would go out, this gospel was for all. This is the one that is the sower. But then you'll notice in, in the second place, there is the seed. And this, this seed is the word of God. We, we read that there in, in verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now, I, I say that we, we have to stress this because if you go to Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, and verse 38, we have another parable there that is quite similar, but obviously not the same as this parable. And we are told there in verse 38 that the seed are the children of the kingdom. So it's a different seed that has been spoken of. This is the seed which is the word of God. Now, when this sower goes forth, and, and here principally it is Christ, the perfect sower, and he goes forth with this seed, which is the word of God, which is a perfect word. We are to hold that in our minds because we see that there is a different outcome as that seed is scattered. Now, what can we say about this seed, about the word of God? Well, we can say that the first thing is this, that the seed has life. And you say, well, of course, seed always has life. But you can actually get seed that is old seed. And that old seed maybe has been lying dormant for a year or two, and the life has gone out of the seed. And you can sow the seed, and it can be in the best of soil, and yet that seed will bring forth nothing. But you see, the seed, which is the word of God, is a seed which has life in it. It has force in it. It is that which is represented as the word, as the gospel itself. First Peter chapter 1. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You see, this seed here is a living seed. Friends, this evening, do you see the scripture as it is broken down, the word of God itself? Do you see it as a living seed? Do you see it as, as something to, to vitalize? 
something that is, is so important that, that you come and you will move all in your being to come and to hear and to appreciate and to sit under this word as it is expounded. That there will be nothing that keeps you away, nothing that keeps you away from the means of grace because this word is a living word unto your soul. And this word that comes unto your soul might be a word of encouragement when you're, when you're cast down in the valleys of despair. But it also might be a rebuke when you're on the mountaintops of, of arrogance and self-confidence. But you know that ultimately this word is a word that is there and it has a life force to enliven your spirituality and your Christian life. But this seed also, while it has life, it gives life. It gives life. It has a propagating power behind it. Uh, we read in Romans chapter 1, I, I might well have quoted it earlier on, that the gospel of, of Christ, that is the power, the power of God unto salvation. And if there is no power of God behind the word that is preached, as I have said, there will be little effect. Now, I, I know you well here, reasonably well. And I know that what I'm about to say, you know yourselves. Friends, however great an oratory might be, it will never convert the soul. It will never convert the soul. When the Spirit of God works, however poor the oratory might be, there will be an awakening. It was said of, said of Jonathan Edwards, that in Edwards's day, and of course, Jonathan Edwards was the great preacher in New England, that in Edwards's day, when Edwards stood up to preach, his, his sight was so poor that he held uh, a script in front of his face. The congregation could not see his face because he had to read every word, and he couldn't read it very well. And if he were marked today as a, as a preacher by, by some of the things that, that people look for, you know, people follow a man, don't they? And, and they delight in a man and, and the power of a man. Well, it was said that in Edwards' day that few would follow. But when the Spirit of God moved, the church in New England had to have its gable removed so that people could come and hear the preaching of the gospel. See, that is what happens when there is a, a propagation that a, it accompanies the seed. And that propagation is always brought about by the power of the Spirit of God. When the heart becomes a heart that is opened, just as the heart of Lydia was opened, 
just as uh, that heart of every believer was open. You know, the heart of the Philippine jailer was just open the same as the heart of Lydia. This seed is a seed that is widely scattered. But not all that comes from this seed is what we might expect. Why is this? Well, friends, we might never see a response, perhaps as we would expect it to a sowing of the seed. We might never even see a response in, in our own lifetimes to the sowing of the seed. But one thing we can say is this, that God's word never returns unto him void. It never returns unto him void. Oh, it comes and it falls upon the good ground. But also it falls upon ground that is not good. The sower, the seed, the soil. The sower, the seed, the soil, or the soils rather. Now, you'll notice here that as this, this word goes forth, that it, it falls upon various soils. Now, the picture here is not so much of the soils, but it is, as the Lord says, take ye heed how ye hear. The picture of the soils is a picture of the hearer. So as there are four different kinds of soils, so there are four different kinds of hearer. And friends, there might well be four different kinds of hearer here this evening. You see, the first sprinkling of this seed, as it falls upon the ground in verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear, that then come at the devil and take it away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe. And be saved. What kind of a hearer is this? This is the hardened hearer. The hardened hearer. You see, the idea here of, of the ground that is hardened, it's, it's the ground around the path of the field. Everybody trods on that ground, and so it becomes uh, hardened, and it becomes calloused. And the seed then comes upon that ground. It's hard. What makes a hardened hearer? A hardened hearer is a hearer where the plough has never ploughed their heart. The plough of the law. You see, maybe they have sought under the word of God for, for many years. And, and yet... Over those years, they have become perhaps hardened or at least indifferent to the word of God. There has not been, under the preaching, a conviction of sin. Maybe they're there and they're thinking this, this law, this gospel, it's, it's for someone else. Maybe that is it. You see, they don't see that they are in any relation 
to this word. See, friends, this hearer has become perhaps, well, they've become hardened. And uh, as the word has, has been there, uh, Satan has, has whipped that word lest they should believe. We're, we're told in, in Matthew chapter 13 that they understood it not. We said it's a privilege to sit under the preaching of the gospel, and it is. But friends, this evening, let us ask ourselves with great honesty, what have we done with those privileges? What are you doing with those privileges? What am I doing with those privileges? We have had a pandemic. We possibly have a world that is on the brink of cataclysmic war. We don't know. But what we do know is this, that all of these things are to be taken as a warning to make our calling and our election sure. I was recently reading of uh, a minister back in the 1700s in Sutherland. And he was speaking to this, this man who had very unusually at that point in time had no interest in the gospel or even attending on to the means of grace. And the minister asked him, have you not had any letters from death? Letters from death. How could you have a letter from death? Do you have the same energy and vitality that you once had? No. Do you have aches, pains? Yes. Those are letters from death. We are being reminded that here this body is crumbling. And friends, when we hear the gospel, we are not to be a hardened hearer. We are not to hear the gospel so many times. It's like that path around the field. It has gone round and round and still it is hardened. There's the hardened hearer. But you'll notice here in verse 13, there's another hearer. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no roots, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. What kind of believer is this? Well, this, this is a hearer who's a little better. This is a believer who is a little better. You see, this believer here is, is a believer that they're happy, happy to receive the word. They're, they're actually delighted to, to, to see and receive the word. But there's no depth. There's no depth. And you see, something will, will happen. 
Some trial will come. Some difficulty will come. Maybe a pandemic will come. And all of a sudden, those that had shown brightness and those that had shown promise to receive the word, they disappear. You see, this, this here or here, this, this type of ground, it, it brings forth a product. But all of the force and all of the nutrients out of that ground goes into the stalk. Then all of a sudden, there's no root. It's maybe like something like a sunflower. It, it, it shows great promise, but it has no root. They are the, the shallow here. They receive with, with gladness. Oh, they don't repel the truth. They don't uh, cast dispersions on what they hear. They, they even outwardly are, are very appreciative of, of the gospel it, it itself as, as, as it comes. But you see, something happens. In a time of temptation, they fall away. They're unable to, to resist. Maybe the things of the world and the things of life. And then in verse 14, we have another hearer. And that which fell among thorns, are they which then, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now, friends, these, these believers here, they, they, they have a, a potential for spiritual growth. Uh, and there is perhaps some, some outward evidences of that, that spiritual growth. But you see, something happens. And what happens is they, they have not been translated as such into all of their experience, into this state of grace. And so they, they see the, the things of, of the world. And they, they, they are cumbered, we are told, with all of these, these cares. And they become choked with them. And you see, there is no spiritual fruit that comes. A fruitless Christian... It's not a Christian at all. A fruitless Christian is not a Christian at all. There must be fruit. Now, it might be a case that uh, some of the, the fruit of you look at the fruit of the Spirit, and it is fruit of the Spirit, singular, not, not plural. You look at the fruit of the Spirit. There might be times as you, as you come to examine yourself that you will see maybe not so much of this fruit and more of that fruit. But no matter how small that fruit is, there will be fruit. There will be fruit. And when there is fruit, they will not be choked 
They will not be choked by the cares of this world. Then, of course, we are thankful that there is another hearer. Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. This is spiritual soil. And in this spiritual soil, there is fruitfulness that comes. In the spiritual hearer, there is a reception to the seed that comes. And we are told that, that this seed, it, it brings forth a, a mighty and abundant harvest. Now, what is it that makes this, this ground a, a fertile ground? What is it that makes this, this hearer a, a fruitful hearer? Is it because they, they, they make some kind of a decision in and of themselves? No. Friends, you know that's not right this evening. There is a responsibility upon every man to, to believe the word of God as it is proclaimed, to, to lay hold upon Jesus Christ. But we must not confuse responsibility with ability. When there, there comes the, the spirit of God into the heart, there is ability. It is regeneration itself, isn't it? Outside the portion that we read in verse 47. And of course, here we, uh, we, we have the woman who, uh, who, who comes to the Lord. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, verse 48, Daughter, be of good comfort. Daughter, be of good comfort. Son, be of good comfort. And there is a fruitful ear. Somebody that responds to the gospel because the Spirit of God has moved upon them. Now, you might be here and you say, oh, I feel so helpless. I, I feel so inadequate. I, I, I feel that I couldn't be like another Christian. You're not called to be like another Christian friend. You're called to follow Christ. And when you follow Christ, Christ gives that, that, that power and that, that leading and that, that healing and that uplifting. Saying earlier on that how thankful we are that we are not saved and we are not kept by the strength of our grip upon Christ. But by the strength of Christ's grip upon us. A sower went out to sow his seed. 
Well, friends, the sower goes out to sow his seed. We might say that there were three failures and one success. And yet it was one sower and one seed. But you know, all of those hearers that have been brought before us, they can all be found in the one person at different points in time. There was a time, perhaps, when there was a hardness in your hearing under the gospel, Christian. And then perhaps there was a shallowness. And then perhaps there was another time, and maybe it is so this evening that, that you're being, being choked up by, by cares and distractions. But oh, how important it is that there is this, this good soil, this, this good listening, this, this prayerful, attentive listening onto the word. Pleading with the Lord, if you haven't already, that he would, by his spirit, enlighten your soul. A sower went out to sow his seed. And we're thankful for the sower. May the Lord bless his word to us. Let us pray. Oh, gracious, ever blessed Lord, we bow before thee. And another Sabbath evening in the courts of thy presence. And how quickly the day comes. And how quickly the day goes. And we pray that this is a day that we have been found much in the things of thyself. We pray, Lord, that thou would continue to build us up and to edify us. That thou would bless thy word here as it goes forth week after week and midweek after midweek with the blessing of heaven. Gracious one, now we pray that thou would receive of us. All we ask is in the Redeemer's name. Amen.